Today on the John Akerberg Show, we will examine the topic, Christ among other gods. Maybe you've heard it said that all religions are equal, but do you really think that's true? If you think that all the deities are the same, or that all religions agree on the essential points, then this program is for you. Religion, if it is worth the name, claims to make factual statements about spiritual reality. This means that every religion has the responsibility of giving evidence for its truth claims. Such evidence should be accessible to believers and non-believers alike. Christ presented himself as the one and only qualified Savior who was able to bring men and women to God. Today, we will begin to examine some of the evidence he gave for his claims. My guest today is Dr. Erwin Lutzer, pastor emeritus of the Moody Church in Chicago, Illinois, where he served as the senior pastor for 36 years. He is featured on radio programs across the country, speaks internationally, and is the award-winning author of numerous books. We invite you to join us for this important edition of The John Ackerberg Show. Welcome to our program. I'm John Ankerberg, and we've got a great program for you today. I'm so glad that you've joined us. Our topic is, of all the religious leaders and prophets of the 4,300 religions that are said to be in the world, what makes Jesus special? Do you know? Did you know that Jesus is the only sinless Savior of all of them? And we're going to talk about some other attributes that Jesus has that other religious leaders do not have. And uh, my guest today is the wonderful theologian, philosopher, and best-selling author, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, pastor emeritus of the Moody Church, where he served for 36 years in Chicago, Illinois, the historic Moody Church. And um, our topic today, actually, Christ among other gods, a defense of Christ in the age of tolerance. And let me introduce it this way. I don't know if you folks know, but there is a worldwide movement to unite all those 4,300 religions of the world and make them into one. And some very interesting things have happened. In 1993, the Parliament of World Religions met not too far from Irwin's church in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, it was a giant step toward trying to form this unity. They actually had 8,000 religious leaders that met to discuss harmonizing the religions of the world and how to do it. And uh, this is a tall order because if you look on the internet, you're going to find out according to the adherence survey, which is taken from census and uh, taxes and government figures of all kinds. There are 4,300 religions in the world, and nearly 75% of the world's population practices one of the five most influential religions, which are Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, and Judaism. Now, the six largest religions in the world are Christianity with 2.1 billion followers, Islam with 1.3 billion folks, those who are atheists, agnostics, or secularists, they're growing. If you group them together, they number 1.1 billion people in the world. Hinduism has 
900 million. Chinese traditional religion has 394 million people. Buddhism has 376 million followers. And then let me just add a few others here that you're familiar with. Judaism has 14 million followers. The Baha'i have 7 million. Jainism has 4.2 million. Shintoism has 4 million. And Zoroastrianism has 2.6 million followers. Now, I gave you all that information, and it's been up on the screen. So looking at these figures, one wonders, how in the world can you harmonize all of those religions with different doctrines? And in 1993, Irwin, you went to the Parliament of World Religions, and uh, it was not too far from Moody Church, and so you went over there. And I want to know, why did you go, and what did you learn about what was happening? First of all, I want to say what a privilege it is to discuss this idea and the whole message of Jesus. And I want to say a personal word to those of you who have joined us today. I hope that no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, that you listen very carefully. Perhaps you belong to one of these religions, or maybe you don't belong to any religion. No matter where you are, I want you to listen. Because the purpose of this series is to help all of us to understand why Jesus cannot be combined with all the other religious leaders. He is special, he is unique, and he's the only one qualified to actually save us. So John, first of all, let me say that Jesus was admired at the Parliament of World Religions. Wonderful things were said about him. But it was generally believed that he's for the Westerners, whereas other religions are for the East and so forth. So he was seen as a great teacher. He was seen as a great moral leader. And that's why many people admire Jesus. But the reason that many people admire him is because they don't really understand who he is. Right. The closer they get to who Jesus is, the less likely they will actually admire him. They may even turn away from him. Why? Because he is absolutely special. Now, John, you mentioned in your intro that Jesus is a sinless Savior. Yes. When I was at the Parliament, I went into the lower level of the hotel. And I want to describe it. It had perhaps 100 or 150 different tables with all of the literature that belongs to various religions. And so I went on a search for a sinless Savior. And the reason I did that is because I'm a sinner, and I know that uh, if I'm to be saved, I have to be saved by someone who is not a part of my predicament. For example, if you're drowning in a lake, you can't be helped by someone who also is drowning. You need someone who is able to uh, take those waves and to be able to master them because they are not part of where you are at, but above your need. Now, here's what I did. I went to the lower level with all of these tables, and I went on a search for a sinless Savior. I remember with such clarity that the first table I stopped at was someone who represented the Hindu faith. So I said to the person, I said, I'm a sinner, 
and I need a savior. And uh, does Hinduism have a savior who is sinless? He said, no, no. You know, if anybody claims sinlessness, he is not a Hindu. We don't have a sinless savior or even a sinless prophet. Then I went to the Buddhist. No, Buddha claimed enlightenment, but not sinlessness, I was told. And then from there, of course, I went to the followers of Islam, and they said, no, Muhammad did not claim sinlessness, nor did he claim to be a savior. As a matter of fact, in the Quran, he actually said that he himself needed forgiveness. Now, here's the point, and this is so critical for everyone who is listening. In Jesus, we have someone who was sinless, and because of his sinlessness, He's qualified to save us from our sins. The great human need is not for us to have prophets and gurus who tell us, you know, take this path or live this way. What we need is someone who is actually able to forgive our sins, introduce us to God, and declare us to be as righteous as God himself is. That is the good news of the gospel, and only Jesus meets that qualification. Right. Two questions I have for you. One of the kind of uh, standard lines that people at the parliament gave you was, a lot of people think that all religions are essentially the same, but only superficially different. But you found out the opposite. What? Well, I found out that all the religions of the world are perhaps in a shallow way the same in the sense that they all talk about love and so forth. But fundamentally, when you compare them with Christianity, they are absolutely different. And the reason for that is because of the person of Christ. Which is the second one I want to get to. And let's give an illustration that is very interesting on in Mark chapter 2 of the New Testament. And here you have an ancient document, and uh, it talks about Jesus doing miracles, but doing it in relationship to his teaching. And he was doing it right in front of the religious leaders that were opposed to him. And it was a very interesting conversation, and I'd like you to uh, tell that story. All right, here's Jesus who is saying to someone, thy sins be forgiven thee. Let's stop there for a moment. Who is qualified actually to say, thy sins be forgiven thee? Could I say to you, John, John Ankerberg, thy sins be forgiven thee? That would only be words. And then Jesus Christ said to the man, rise up and walk. Now, the reason that that story is so incredibly important is this. Jesus said, you know, what is it easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk? Well, obviously the answer is, it is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, because those are just words. As I mentioned a moment ago, I could say to you, John, thy sins be forgiven thee. That could be said very easily. But you can't see sins being forgiven. You cannot see sins being forgiven. And the man that he was talking about was crippled and couldn't walk. And then Jesus said, that you might know that I have the authority to forgive sins. On earth. I say to this man, mm -hmm. rise up and walk. Now, the reason that's interesting is because it shows us that always the miracles of Jesus 
were totally connected with his mission and with his credentials. And that's the importance of that And when the man heard those words of Jesus, he stood up, took his mat that he had been carried in on, had never walked before, and he walked out of there. Now, if you were one of the religious leaders that were sitting there and disagreed with them, what could you say? Okay, because he said, which is easier? And they thought the first one, you know, just to say it. But he says, but in order that you may know that I can forgive sins, he says, I say unto you, take up your bed and walk. And the guy took it up and he walked out of there. That was the kind of proof that Jesus gave. Now, that holds out a lot of hope for the rest of us, and it makes Jesus special. Why is Christ universally admired and liked by a lot of religions? But uh, there's a problem with that. Yeah, and of course the problem, as I already emphasized, is the fact that as long as you look at his teaching, you know, love one another, it seems as if he fits in with the other crowd. But when you understand who Jesus actually claimed to be, and we're going to be discussing that on a the future program, Jesus, yes. once we understand that, you realize that Jesus Christ stands alone, and we cannot put him on the same shelf as other religious teachers. Yeah, I'm referring to the fact that you said in your book that a lot of people like Jesus because they've heard some of these good statements, but they uh, seem to bypass some of the hard statements that Jesus also made. Let me give you an example. This is the will of the Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life. Well, who doesn't want to have eternal life? And I myself will raise Him up on the last day. Everybody likes that. But uh, uh, try this one here. He says, whoever believes in Him, this is John the Apostle talking about what Jesus was saying, whoever believes in Him is not condemned. Okay, but whoever does not believe in Jesus is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So all of a sudden, those kind of verses, they try to snip out, okay, or forget, or they've never really seen them. What would you say to folks that haven't seen those statements? I would simply say this, that that's why Jesus Christ stands apart from all of the other religious leaders. We can all think that we have unity until we get to those statements. You mentioned a number of them, and one that we'll be talking about in a future program. But I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Here's the reason that Jesus offends so many people. Because what he says is, your relationship with me determines your eternal destiny. And you know, it is so important for us to realize that he had the credentials to say that. For example, we've talked about his sinlessness. The Bible says that he was born of a virgin. And there are those who say, well, you know, this is just mythology. When you look at mythology, you realize that it is pagan. It is involved with uh, sexuality. You know, that the gods had a sexual relationship with someone, and then someone very important was born. But John, the reason that Jesus is different is that his birth 
from a virgin was actually predicted in Isaiah 7:14. 7, 700 years before Jesus. <laughs> Whereas Alexander the Great, you know, he had this special birth, you know, his mother swallowed a pomegranate and then she conceived. All that was said after he became famous. 400 years later that source said that. That's right. Okay. And the amazing thing is in the Bible Jesus actually claimed sinlessness. I can give For you example, the verses. He said, which of you convicts me of sin? Mm -hmm. If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? And then Pilate testified, he said, I find no fault in him at all. Peter, who spent three years with him, said, he committed no sin, neither was any deceit found in his mouth. Now let's just assume that people understand that Jesus is saying he's the sinless Savior and he also has something to offer. We talked about if you believe in him, he's willing to give you eternal life and raise you up at the last days. So I want to ask in the few minutes that we have left here, so how do people that are listening take advantage of Jesus' claims? Let's say they believe him. We're going to give more evidence here. But how do they receive what Jesus has to offer? You have an illustration of a woman that you met, and I'd like you to share that with the people. First of all, let me say that receiving Jesus Christ is both simple and yet very difficult. And the reason that it is difficult is because it means that we have to admit our sinfulness. It means that we have to admit our great need. It helps us to understand that once we get to that point, there is only one person out there who can actually forgive us because as we've emphasized, Christianity is the only religion with a Savior. Now, in answer to your question about this story, I want to simply relate it to the people who are listening and watching today. And I want all of us to understand that here was a woman who was talking about Jesus. So I said to her, do you love him? Oh, she said, I love him. I love him. I said, why do you love him? She said, I love him because of his kindness. I love him because of his miracles. I love him because he taught us to love one another. Oh, she said, I love him, I love him, I love him. And I looked directly into her eyes and I said, do you also love him because he died on the cross for our sins and he was buried and he was raised again so that we could be forgiven and be with God forever. Do you love him because he was not only a great teacher, do you love him because he was actually a savior who came to save us from our sins? And she broke eye contact with me and kind of glanced away and said, I never thought of that before. I want to talk to you very personally today about Jesus. What do you think of him? Is Jesus just one among many, like the Parliament of World Religions implied and as it taught? Or is Jesus special because he has the qualifications to actually take away our sin and bring us to the Father? I said this earlier, but you know, the other religions of the world are something like all of the teachers who are drowning in a lake and they're all saying, let's hold hands, but go to the bottom of the lake together. But Jesus is not a part of our predicament. 
He came on a rescue mission to rescue us from our sins. And the good news is this, that we can actually have the assurance that we belong to him forever. You know, he made the promise. He said that those who believe in him have eternal life. Now, I do some flying on aircrafts, on airplanes, and one of the things I noticed is this. If I don't have a ticket, if I'm flying standby, I become so nervous. I don't know whether or not I'm going to be able to get onto that plane. But, you know, when I have a ticket, I know that I'm going to be in row six. There's a special seat that is reserved for me. Did you know that if you admit your sinfulness and you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is a place in heaven reserved for you. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, Jesus meets you there and he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Read all the different religions of the world, study them, and see if you can find a sinless Savior. You'll discover that Jesus Christ is the only one who meets that qualification. Now, we're going to pray together. And if you are ready to pray with me, remember, it is not prayer that saves us. It is faith in Jesus. But I want to pray a prayer that helps you to transfer your faith to somebody who came to save us from our sins. Our Father, we want to thank you today for the many people who are listening. And we ask today that you will work in their hearts to show them that Jesus is the one that they've been waiting for and looking for. No matter where they are on their spiritual journey, we ask, O oh Lord, that at this moment they may trust somebody whose promises are sure and who came because he loved us, died for us, and rose again. We thank you so much for him, and we ask in his name, amen. Now, folks, I'm so glad that you joined us today. And a verse that follows up what Erwin just said that you can look up is John 11:25 and 26, where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Then he asked the question to people that were standing around, do you believe this? And that's the question. Do you believe this? Did you pray with Erwin? If you prayed, then this is Jesus' promise to you. Now, I'm so glad that you joined us this week. Next week, we're going to continue with the other things that make Jesus special from all of the other religious leaders in the world. I think you'll find it very interesting. And I'd like you to stay tuned because I have a personal word for you in just a moment. For additional resources or to view our TV program, log on to jashow.org. That's jashow.org. 